0: everyone, welcome to Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name's Andy and I'm here with Ben in LA. Hi Ben. Hello. And I'm here with Matt, who's in North Yorkshire this week. How are you, Matt? I'm fine, thank you. Good, good, thank you. Good, good. Welcome everybody to the pod. As always, we're going to start off with our uh, football highlights of the week. Matt, why don't you get us started?
1: Uh, So the part of uh, me being really, really good is the early Christmas present that all Man United fans received uh, midweek, which was the announcement on Monday that Mourinho has been fired. Um, it was a, music <laughs> to everyone's in, ears it's like oh yes finally finally <laughs> I mean it might not solve the problems um, at United but it at least makes me feel better that that man is no longer in charge of our team um, and sucking the joy out of all fixtures Did you, uh, did you see Paul Pogba's quote about
0: um, Mourinho leaving?
1: Uh, I didn't know, was, it, was uh, it coded or was it very obvious?
0: I was... Uh, it, uh, coded is not the word I'd use for it. He, um, <laughs> he was quoted as having said, Goodbye, Mourinho, you fucked with the wrong baller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I enjoyed quite a lot.
1: Yeah, I and mean, I liked seeing him... He was leaving the Lowry, where, but he stayed in a hotel the entire time he was there. And he apparently racked up like a 500 grand bill, the Lowry, which he had to settle up. Um,
2: yeah, I... I never knew that. I didn't even know that happened. That was news to me. But it's kind of shocking. He's been there three years and didn't even rent or buy a place and just stayed in the hotel. Yeah. It's crazy. I
0: but think got... that says a lot, doesn't it, about his uh, his attitude towards managing Man United. It's, like, it's no, it's no wonder if he wasn't even thinking of being a permanent resident in, <laughs> in Manchester that he wasn't a permanent resident in Manchester.
1: I mean, it's not often been said, but like, he's a very depressing character. I wouldn't be surprised if he is actually a little bit Depressed. I mean, his life isn't like normal in the way that he he's trying to live live in a hotel and just constantly bad mouthing people. It's not normal human being behavior.
0: Don't make me feel sorry for him,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, But then he got paid twenty six million quid, so uh, <laughs> hopefully he can uh, yeah improve his mood somewhat.
0: Yeah, he can dry his eyes with some fifty uh, pound notes.
1: Yeah, although he he, he will he will. Constantly annoyed because he's such a competitive man that he lost eventually to Paul Pogba, despite all his efforts.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what it was, is that the uh, the battle, the, the what, what he needed to win turned out to be the battle with Pogba rather than football matches. It, anyway, it, it appeared to be by the end. <laughs> indeed, a highlight for all, all three of us, definitely. Uh, ben, do you have anything non-Man United related to bring to the football highlights of the week?
2: I do. Um, my real football highlight is Man United related, but my my other highlight is uh, the Man City Palace game. Um, I think made a lot of Liverpool fans really happy. Palace beat Man City. Um, really entertaining game. And my highlight was Andros Townsend's uh, goal, which put Palace ahead. If you guys haven't seen it yet, um, kind of Bernardo Silva tries to head the ball away from a free kick. It goes about 35 yards out and Townsend first time on the volley just rifles it in the top hand corner it was an amazing goal maybe goal of the season so far I think um and maybe a big turning point in uh the title race between Sissy and Liverpool um it's kind of hard as a United fan because I kind of hate both teams but um (laughs) (laughs) uh I I think I I prefer the Liverpool team in terms of they have likeable players and, and, that, and likeable managers. So um, I'm quite glad City lost a day.
0: See, I'm not actually. I uh, I was trying to explain this to a Liverpool sporting friend of mine. And I said, imagine that not only are Liverpool managed by Roy Hodgson again, but also the best teams in the league are Man United and Everton. Imagine how that would feel. <laughs> 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 like oh yeah, that's kind of bad, isn't it? And I find myself like, it's it's awful, but the uh, the way that I'm deciding who I want to win the league out of those two is that if City win the league, firstly, it's kind of, um, there's a, there's already talk about their financial fair play and how that might be, that might tarnish it. But also, the fact that Liverpool haven't won it in so long, I feel like it would be a greater achievement and the fans would be more insufferable. Oh, they'd be than... unbearable. Right.
1: Unbearable, yeah.
0: And so, I, I feel like the, uh, I'd rather have City win it again, which is a lesser achievement than Liverpool get that really big leap and win the title, which is a really negative way of thinking. And I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Especially <laughs> like I've never been. It's been a long time where as Man U fans haven't really had to think about being the underdogs, right? And it's like uh, it's really uncomfortable.
1: What I want to happen is Liverpool look well on course to win the title. Um, and then they get some sort of crunch game, maybe gets United um, and Jordan Henderson slips over whilst playing the pass, <laughs> letting a player through on goal to uh, sink their chances.
0: That would be amazing. I agree. Well, we were, um, we're getting back into the realms of uh, of Man United again, which is obviously my football highlight of the week too. Um, watching the team play under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, really, he's my highlight of the week. Um, when he was interviewed before the game, you can see he could barely contain his joy at being introduced as the Manchester United manager. He's some, it's obviously been a dream of his for a very long time. Um, he, he was playing for Man United and he scored the winning goal in the European cup final, tick one dream completed. And now he's come back to the club as the manager. He, he just looked on cloud nine and for his team to come out and play for him in that way with, there was a moment where Phil Jones did a, a back heel in the middle of the pitch and bamboozled two players. There was a, a moment where Pogba played a no-look pass and Graham so commented that he thought he went the wrong way. Like, it was <laughs> such an amazing, like, performance that was so different from before. So, I think my uh, my happiness for Oli Gunnar Solskjaer and the big grin on his face is my highlight of the week.
1: Nice, nice.
0: Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Good. Well, um, let's get off real football, shall we, and back into the game. Um, the uh, the highest score thus
1: far this week is Matt so why don't you talk us through your week um, so uh, back in fantasy world I have no man new players and so technically no interest in the match that we've just watched the 5-1 victory um, <laughs> and I'm winning on 38 points but I've only actually had Robertson, Salah or Yang do anything for me but it's just been that sort of game week where um, if you have Salah or Yang, then you're doing okay if you don't then so far because Everton still to play Spurs, then um, none of the other big hitters have have done much this week. Um, So, I mean, happy on aggregate uh, because that's going pretty well. Slightly frustrated that yet again I've picked the wrong captain. Uh, I've dropped at least 100 points this season from picking the wrong captain. I've done some massive errors this season on captain picking. Um, Although... I don't know. I think everyone went with Man City players and no one expected the Crystal Palace result. So, um, I can't be too hard on myself on that one. Um, and then Kiko Firmino on the bench as well. Get me a clean sheet out of nowhere. Uh, but again, who, who would have predicted that he'd got a, a clean sheet? Um, so, all in all looking pretty good and I've still got Son, Dinya and Michalos to play.
0: Good, good. Yeah, I think... Um... Last last week we had Burnley as our, not Burnley, Palace rather, as our whipping boys, didn't we? So we obviously didn't see that coming either, <laughs> uh, which I think, well, I, my, my team is next. So um, I have a very similar comments to that. I don't have Salah, but I do have a Bamiang. So I got 10 points from that. Um, I have Kolasinac, who got one of the assists for his goals, and I have Dubravka in goal. So I end up on 33 thus far with uh, Sigurdsson and Richarlison to play. So I'm hoping for a... Uh, uh, collapse from Tottenham tomorrow to, uh, to to bring me some points in. Um, but it's one of those weeks, isn't it, where it's it's quite low scoring overall. So a score of fifty odd points is actually a really good score this week, I think. Um, the the big winner is a, a colleague who I'm in a in a close tussle with, who had uh, Virgil Van Dijk in the team, who got fifteen points and Salah as captain. So he's come out of day one wow. with a, a crazy number of points, and he's overtaken me again. Bastard. Anyway, um <laughs> so um, it's been a bad week on in, in those terms, but I'm I'm okay with thirty-three points right now. I haven't fallen behind massively. And I was worried about this week with Alexander Arnold and Kalasnac, both doubtful. So um although Sterling and Stanley obviously didn't do the business, it's uh, it's turned out I think okay because they also didn't do the business for anybody else. Um how about you, Ben
2: uh... <laughs> <laughs> I would kill for three points right now. Um, so this was a good footballing week, but a really bad FPL week for me. Um, basically, none of my plays have scored any points apart from uh, the Robertson clean sheet. Um, I think like you guys said, if anyone who doesn't have Obama, Obama Yang or Salah has done badly this weekend, that's pretty much my team. Because um, so I had Captain Sterling. He did nothing. And then my big hitter, Hazard, didn't do anything. Um, he did hit the oh. post twice, <laughs> which is frustrating. And then Alonso, right at the end, was put through one-on-one, and he hit the inside of the post. So that that was kind of really um, annoying. Um, I made my transfers this week. I made two. I brought in Felipe Anderson um, from Ryan Fraser, and I brought in Dinia for Laporte. I think Getting rid of Laporte was a smart move because City, again, conceding a lot of goals. Um, Felipe Anderson was more for the long term. Um, but now, I think we'll talk about it later, I, I'm really tempted by <laughs> replacing him straight away with a man midfielder. So I think uh, I'll have a big, fat red arrow this week. Um, but I do have Kane, Richarlison, and Dinia tomorrow. So hopefully, hopefully someone um, does something tomorrow. And a uh, shout out to Kamarasa on my bench who has, <laughs> who's called a goal today. Yeah, out of
0: nowhere. <laughs> uh, I As, As a Man I... U fan, I was very annoyed about that penalty, but I think probably other people feel differently. So with three of us on the, on the pod, let's not debate that. Um, good. Well, uh, Ben, I, I wish you the worst of luck tomorrow. Apart from uh, Richarlison, of course. Um, <laughs> good. All right, so... Let's uh, get into a, uh, a feature for this week, which is Matt's going to give us his watch list, which I think is going to be heavily influenced by the uh, the happenings of the last ninety minutes. Uh, Matt, why don't you take it away?
1: Um, yeah, so I think any watch list feature right now has to focus on the emergence of Manu as uh, potential assets to have suddenly out of nowhere, because um, their fixtures for the next three is Huddersfield at home, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away. Um juicy chart ties for anyone, but you would we would never pick them if Mourinho is in charge. They've just scored five goals. Um and so uh, I'm definitely looking at uh I was looking at Rashford because he could be the holy grail of like a, a mid-price striker that's worth having right now. Um and there seems to be so few of them. Um Martial, 7.3, has had a great season so far and, and just come good. Pogba seven point eight. Um it's sort of the priciest of the bunch, but also the most talented and maybe the one who gained the most from Mourinho being sacked. Um, and the other one today who's got the most points is Lingard, 6.7. That could be a potential bargain if he hits. Uh, he hit Christmas form uh, like this time last year. Um, so if he uh, hits it again uh, in a three-scoring Man U side, that could be a really good pick to go for. Um, So those are the main Man U ones I'm looking at. I'm not looking at the defence just yet because, uh, well, they did concede goals to Man City, uh, to to Cardiff today. Um, And I can't see any of them that are that talented. Shaw was quite cheap, but not going there just yet. Um, And then as for the rest of the watch list, I mean, for weeks now, I've been coveting Sané, but not finding a way to get him into my side. Um, And although he didn't score today, I still think having double Man City in midfield is a very good tactic uh, long term uh, because you know that most weeks either Sterling or Sane is going to do something um, although it, even De Bois are coming back in as a potential option these days um, and then the final one that I've been coveting massively recently is Fabianski um, who for the, roughly the same price as Ryan has been absolutely pummeling him week in week out which has been really hurting my my overall rank um, so, if I can uh, find point two million, then i I'll be trying to get Fabianski in as a sort of set and forget, cheapish type goalkeeper. Um, as much as I'd love to get someone like Alisson in goal, um, I'm not sure I find a million budget for the rest of my team to to fund it. So that there's my main players that I'm looking at, looking around at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's a, a solid watch list. Um, I think obviously, obviously around Man U, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Lingard because he's very—he's he, just come into my watch list now. Two goals today, um, took a penalty which was obviously very unexpected. I don't know whether that's because he's good at them or whether he won the penalty and therefore decided he was going to take it. Um, but that—that um, that, that is an issue. The one thing I was uh, surprised about is this: you're staying away from the defenders because they're not very expensive for a good team. Man, you defenders. Uh, I thought Lindelof looked really good today, and Ashley Young has a. A good corner on him. So either of those I thought might be on your list. Um, any any thoughts about Ashley Young particularly?
1: Um, Ashley Young's really expensive, I think. Isn't he He's like a six well, he was six point five start of the season. Uh,
0: um, let so me that, check it. I bet he isn't now. <laughs>
1: five point seven now. He's uh, five point seven now. Yeah, he was. I think he was six million at the start of the season, down to five point seven. Um, I mean Luke Shaw at four point nine with would be the one I'm really tempted by. I mean, Lindelof is even cheaper than that, so you can get a bargain basement defender, I guess. Um, but until I see otherwise, I feel like Man U are the sort of side that just concedes at least one goal every game. And so, as uh, tempting as to have like a good def- a defender from a good team in your uh, your team, if they never get a clean sheet, then then what's the point? Yeah, especially, uh... Also, sorry, especially if players like Doherty at the same price, where uh, a wolves get some clean sheets, but also he's going to get goals potentially an assists. So you don't always have to rely on that clean sheet that uh, you realistically have to rely on with most of the, most of the Man new defenders.
0: It's kind of reminiscent of last year's Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah.
1: Uh,
2: I guess my question for you, Matt, is um, I've I've read that Solskjaer has talked about using the full squad and liking to rotate. Do you have a sense of like which of those players in your watches are the most nailed on? Because that's what I'm trying to figure out in terms of which one I bring in. Because um, I, I feel like Pogba is probably the most nailed-on player, and Martial and Lingard, and Rashford after that. Um, but it's hard to tell because Lukaku has um, was on uh, was he personal was he reasons again? I forget. Uh, he's not injured. Is- yeah personal reasons and then i don't know when sanchez is back
1: um so curious to see to to ask who So I think do the think Pogba's the most nailed on played. i think you're right there um but then he that comes with being the most expensive too um so it a flutter with like lingard at 6.7 i think you can probably accept that he's going to miss like a game over christmas and you wouldn't be too disappointed um but if you're going to put an extra million quid into pogba then uh, you probably get a bit more of guarantee of starts. But a bit like having Man I think most assets right now um, are rotation risks. So I don't think the Man United players are unique in that, especially over the Christmas period. I expect Liverpool, Spurs um, and Man City are going to rotate heavily um, over the same period. The one
0: advantage with Man U, I suppose, is they've rotated so much already. I'm not sure whether you call it rotation or just angry dropping, but... Um... <laughs> There's no one who's really played every game <laughs> this season. So I feel like they should, if any team's players are equipped to play a lot of minutes over the winter season, it's going to be Man Use.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, just, I was just looking at their stats right now. So Lingard had like a bit of a, a mid season injury. So that's quite, I mean, it's sort of a rest, but he's, he's recovering from injury. So that, that can mean he's a bit fresher coming up now. And then. Rashford and Martial all season basically have not been finishing games or playing for 90 minutes, so um, you, they don't necessarily need a rest, but I can see that Solskjaer might just rotate anyway because uh, that's what success, success rest of the success under Ferguson here is all heavy rotation, so he probably thinks that's the way to go at Manu.
0: We do have a lot of players as well, so we can do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone loves to see Juan Mata playing, so uh, I have no problem with rotation as a Man U fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Mata, of course, at 6.2, if he were to make it into the sort of official first team, he could be a a real asset.
1: Yeah, I feel like Juan Mata would be like picking him because I love him rather than like he's a decent <laughs> fantasy asset. Uh, I feel like, yeah, that would definitely be the, the heart over the head type pick Uh he always looks good for, like, one or two games a season. He's never been a great fantasy asset. Well, uh, never at Man U has he been a great fantasy asset. He's pretty yeah, decent back true. at
0: Chelsea Day. That's true. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. Let's move on. Uh, we've done a lot of Man U chat already. So, uh, <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, to...
1: D- Duncan's paying for not turning up this week's pod, really, isn't he? Yeah, he, he, just, would, just, he would just let three Man, Man U fans yeah it's I <laughs> not, nothing we're, what we're talking not about <laughs> <laughs>
0: um all right, so let's uh, let's move on to uh, next week's fixtures, then shall we um Matt, you have the honour of going first with Fulham against wolves
1: um so wolves i mean they, they lost just two 0 to Liverpool, but there's no not too much disrespect in that. Fulham picked up a draw against Newcastle, which I certainly haven't watched, and I imagine will be the last on match of the day. Um, but I think Fulham at home against Wolves, it, it's it's quite close. I think that evens it up a little bit. Ranieri's had just enough time to uh, start to get his ideas across. Uh, they'll be working really hard. A home fixture means they'll put loads of effort into it. Uh, but Wolves are the better team with a more settled squad. So probably still a Wolves win. Uh, I can't see Fulham keeping two clean sheets in a row, um, but uh, I think it's going to be a close one. Um, worth picking players from either side if you've got them, I'd say. Did you hear
2: um, Ranieri's quote it, what, this week about clean sheets? He said, "He said I I want clean sheets <laughs> like I want pasta." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, go on.
1: Hey, go on. Um, the, the and he got the last club today. I think in England to get a clean sheet this season.
0: Well, congratulations to the Tinker Man. Um,
1: yeah.
2: But yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it looks like they're probably trying to focus more defensively. So. Yeah, I mean, if you were anybody yeah, coming into that team,
0: would immediately say, "I need to work on the defence, right? So it's. Uh it's obviously something that they're going to get better at under, under, under area who has a history of organising good defences.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I, I can see... I think Christmas fixtures are quite difficult to predict, because it depends a bit on rotation, and uh, players are quite tired anyway, so just a random mistake can let in a goal, but uh, definitely Fulham will be focusing on keeping it quite tight, and it could end up being quite a close game, because uh, Wolves aren't the most explosive of the sides at the best of the times, but Still so fingers crossed in a Doherty goal uh, for anyone. Those few play- fantasy managers that don't have him just yet. <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, I'm up next
0: with Burnley against Everton. Um, I, I think, have a lower opinion of Burnley than other people on this podcast. So my prediction here is a heavy Everton win, even though it's at Burnley. I think um, I have actually held off I, I've, I've thought very hard about bringing other players in for Sigurdsson and Richarlison because they haven't returned the same yield as they did earlier in the season. But I've been waiting for this run of fixtures they're about to go into. Uh, so it's kind of annoying that right now is the time the Man U came good because they're, they're my mid price players and they're about to go into good fixtures. Um, so they'll both be playing this week. Uh, if you have any Burnley assets, then I'd advise that you remove them urgently because I don't think there's much value in that team this season. And um, yeah, play your Everton assets because I think this is going to be an Everton win.
1: Don't and... yeah, don't disagree with that one. <laughs> <Agree>.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on <laughs> swiftly then to uh, Crystal Palace and Cardiff, Ben.
2: Yeah, so Palace, I think, shocking everyone. Um, we had them as the whipping boys from last week, but they have managed to beat Man City. Um, and shut us up. I think they'll they'll be able to beat Cardiff at home. Um, Cardiff were were on a really good run. I think um, winning maybe three of the last four before before facing uh Manu with their new manager bounce. Um, but I just think Palace at home um, coming off a really good win um, will be able to beat Cardiff. My guess is it'll, it'll still be pretty tight because um, they may be a little bit. Uh, tired from their Man City win and having to defend all that time um, but I, I think they'll be able to
0: beat Cardiff at home. I would expect that too Cardiff have thrown up a few surprises prior to the Matt new game they've thrown up a few surprises this season with uh, Etheridge man of the match and, uh, and Patterson just like knocking one in every his ankle um, you don't see that happening in this game? Yeah, I think they'll be up for it, um,
2: and I think there's a chance Palace may be complacent. I just think if, if the if the fixtures were reversed and Cardiff were at home, I think they could cause an upset. Um, but I don't know Selhurst Park on Boxing Day. I feel like Palace will get it.
0: Yeah, the crowd behind them buoyed by a recent victory. I think. I think I agree with you. All right, uh, next fixture
1: is Leicester against Man City, Matt. Um. So. I feel hesitant to predict a predictable Man City victory after what's just happened today. But I, I can't help but think that they'll be angry. Uh, they have much greater squad depth than Leicester. Um, that they're going to come back strong and, and win this one uh, comfortably. Um, so I, I will still be picking uh, sort of my my Sterling. Others have Sane. De Bruyne came good of a goal today. Um, I think he's never good Man City pick um, but I won't be picking any of their defenders uh, at the moment because they just seem to have a habit of conceding goals now uh, which is worrying if you're a Man City fan uh, or, a, or a Port owner um, yeah
2: yeah I, th- I think this is the fixture De Bruyne and Aguero come straight back into their first <laughs> team
0: because yeah. they need a win <laughs> yeah you'd expect that wouldn't you um, especially since, of course, we haven't mentioned this yet. Leicester with a, a great result against Chelsea.
1: Yeah, yeah, it came out the blue, didn't it? Really.
0: Um, I kind of have a hunch that this is going to be a really difficult one for Man City because it was it was specifically it was Vardy that scored against Chelsea, uh, who play a high line, a lot of possession football, potentially vulnerable on the counter attack. City look vulnerable on the counter-attack too right now. I can just see Jamie Vardy unsettling the defenders, getting in behind and scoring in exactly the same way. Um, I wouldn't expect Leicester to keep a clean sheet. So I don't think they're going to do another 1-0. But I I think Leicester might score in this one. What do you guys think?
1: It's a good shout to say it could be really difficult for them. Um, Yeah, it's... Is, it'll be a, is, this is a real test for Man City, and so I think Ben's comment is good as well. Like, that they'll, they'll probably bring in their strongest players because they really need to turn their form around um, after that shock loss. So to expect De Bruyne and Aguero to play and probably their strongest lineup, um, because they need to pick up the three points there. Otherwise, their upcoming match against Liverpool, the devil who dropped the points, they couldn't sort of catch them up again. Um, Sterling and Sané. Both
0: looked pretty laboured this week. Um, Riyad Mahrez, of course, a very, very high quality alternative that they have. Um, Do you think there's any value in him right now? I
2: think if Sane is definitely more nailed on than Sterling because they need him on the left for the width. And the game today, Sterling was the the guy dropped, uh, replaced by Mahrez. So I'm as a Sterling owner and not a Sane owner, I am actually pretty concerned for this fixture because, um, you would think that Maris is more likely to replace Sterling than uh, Sane, so I'm a little bit worried. But my my only, the only thing that um, I'm hopeful of is like they lost today. They probably want to put their strongest team out against Leicester, which is a hard fixture, and it, And I think I still think Raheem Sterling is in their strongest lineup. So, um, that's,
0: that's quite, that's what I'm hoping. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the next, uh, the next fixture is Liverpool, Newcastle's one for me. Um, hard to look past the Liverpool win here, even though there's a lot of things going in Newcastle's favor. They've got Benitez returning. I'm sure he'd love to mastermind a win over his old club. Um, they've got Rondon who's recently hit form. They've got, um, they've just kept another clean sheet, which is great for me because I have Dubravka. Um, but I won't be playing Dubravka against Liverpool. So uh this is I think I don't think Newcastle will be whipping boys. I think this is going to be a another 2-0 win, say, for Liverpool, something like that. Um, but I think it's a pretty pretty difficult to predict anything other than a Liverpool win in this game. So if you've got Salah, play him potentially captain him because if anyone's gonna score it's likely to be him right now. Um if you've got the likes of Van Dyke, um Robertson Alexander-Arnold, although he's injured right now, there's a, he's, uh, what is he, he's 75% chance of playing, and with their um, their injury issues at the back, I'd, I'd say, if he can come back, he will do. Um, so, yeah, get those uh, those Liverpool players back into your team, I'd say, right now. Um, I saw that Mane was a... Uh, he's, he's, looking through the, the teams in my leagues, he's in a surprisingly large number of teams, given how poor his recent output's been. Um So if you've got him, play him. Um, And also another thing I'd I'd look at right now, he wasn't on your watch list, Matt, but he is on mine, is uh, Shaqiri. Because he seems to be playing quite a lot of minutes for Liverpool at the moment. And when he does play, he he makes good use of his minutes. Um, His value is, let's check if it's gone up or down recently. um, His value is 7.1. So it has gone up actually since I last looked at it. But uh, yeah, I think he's possibly somebody to look out for with the rotation happening over the winter period. He's going to play a few more minutes than normal. Um, that's my review. Anything to add?
1: No, yes, yeah, so, so, uh, shakiris uh, he is on, on the yeah—he's on my watches as well. I just didn't not, not top of it right now, but it's a very good shout. He's—he's he's getting minutes and he's starting to uh, to get some points too.
0: Yeah, he uh, makes very economical use of his minutes, doesn't he, Shakiri?
1: What about someone like Van Dijk? Is he worth getting in?
0: The thing with Van Dijk is he he looks really attractive right now because he just got 15 points. But he's not a regular. Despite his height and his sort of aggression in defending corners, he doesn't seem to do it at the other end of the pitch, so he's not a, a defender who gets goals. And if he gets a clean sheet, then so does Robertson, so does Alexander-Arnold. You know, there are other players that also get the clean sheet with him who are I think better bets Um, right now he's on 97 points and Robertson's only on 103 but I think that's slightly disproportionate because Robertson missed a few games and Van Dyke just got 15 points in one game looking forward I think it's far more likely that Robertson or Alexander-Arnold are going to get assists than it is that Van Dyke's going to get goals so if you're looking to buy into Liverpool defence I think I'd be more looking to those two still
1: hmm you get the guaranteed starts, I think, with Van Dyke's. Anything
0: you know, the others do get rotated a bit more. Yeah, that's true. But if they, it's quite unlikely that a defender is going to get subbed on for the last ten minutes. So as long as you've got a strong enough bench that somebody will come in and and do something for you, or is, is or could do something for you, um, the only worry is when players get like ten minutes at the end of the game and do nothing, and then you get one point, or they get subbed off on fifty-seven minutes or something. Neither of which are likely to happen to the fullbacks.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, I'm not trading Robertson anytime soon. Um, he's been a very good pick sitting in my team. Um, and 6.3 is quite a lot to invest in a defender right now with so many good midfield assets. So I don't know if he's a priority for everyone. But um, he's definitely going to accumulate points, I think, Van Dyke across this season.
0: Yeah, he is. And obviously, my, my colleague Sam has him, so that makes me annoyed. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we have <laughs> Man United-Huddersfield. Ben, have some fun.
2: Oh, this this looks like such a tasty fixture to me. So Huddersfield, terrible right now, just lost at home to Southampton 3-1, which is, I, I, I don't know what happened there. Huddersfield normally um, put up a lot more of a fight at home, but seems to have got blown away by Southampton. Um, as we've covered on the pod, Manu now resurgent, scoring five goals, I think, for the first time in I don't even know how long, um, against Cardiff away. And now a, a home game at Old Trafford, Solskjaer's first home game at Old Trafford. Like, I think this has like 4 0 written all over it. Um, <laughs> so, like, Matt's watch list, um, basically, all those players, I think. Um, are really good prospects. So uh, Pogba, starting with Pogba, most expensive, 7.8. Martial, 7.3. Lingard, 6.7. Um, yeah, I think Manu will, will blow Hutt's sword away in this game.
0: Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> I don't think Matt would disagree. Matt, <laughs> would you care to disagree?
1: It's what I like to hear. <laughs>
2: But I don't know if it's because we're speaking as united fans, but I really do think even objectively you would look at this fiction and be like, well man you could really thrash and-
0: him yeah, yeah with uh the, the only reason why you would have said otherwise is just because of Mourinho, right any other season any other like um world you'd expect man united to have a'd be looking forward to a home game against Huddersfield so it's good to be back in that groove, isn't it
1: yeah I mean, I mean- yeah
2: the, I guess the only the only other thing is, we don't know yet if Solskjaer will want to rotate a lot, but I, I don't think he will uh, for the first home game against Huddersfield. I, feel like I think he'd be cool mad to rotate heavily after a 5-1 win,
0: wouldn't he? Especially when he brought off Martial and Rashford towards the end to give them a bit of a yeah. rest. Um, especially when Lukaku isn't expected back until December 30th. So, um, he, he will only have Rashford or Martial as options up front. I think... Um, I think it's it's going to be... You might see the one who might be vulnerable, uh, or might have been vulnerable, rather, would have been Lingard, but he scored twice. So what are you going to do with that? (laughs) Um, Herrera, again, he might have been rotated because there are a lot of of options in midfield, but he scored two. (laughs) What what are you going to do? Um, It's quite difficult to pick somebody out saying, you should be rotated.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only thing to talk about against it, I guess, is that we're basing... This purely on one game of football that Man U just thrashed Cardiff at. Uh, so from a data point of view, it's not like a, a long-term trend. Um, I know that like Solskjaer's first game in charge and all looks very positive, but I wouldn't. I don't think we're about to push on for Champions League places as a Man U fan. I think our squad is still a bit flawed compared to the others, and so long-term, we are going to have some losses this season. Um, and. Huddersfield were very plucky against Arsenal just a few weeks back as well. Um, sort of spoiled the party when I captained in Obama Uh so it's not impossible that they uh that we get disappointed.
0: Well we'll see. So uh obviously that's that's Matt's gut punt is Huddersfield noted. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Pritchard. Yeah, he will go back with a, a, a penalty against the one to play. Um, all right, so Spurs, Bournemouth, Matt. What's going to happen there? Uh, Bournemouth,
1: uh, Bournemouth will win. No, no, Bournemouth I'm just will win. <laughs> no, I reckon. Uh, Spurs- <laughs> Noted. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Bournemouth got a good win today uh, against Brighton. Spurs are playing tomorrow. Um, so. I think Spurs will win because they're a very good team. They're better than Bournemouth have looked a little tired recently and can't defend that well. But Spurs I think there's definitely high risk of rotation. Um I've got Son on my team at the moment and I I'm, I'm waiting for that big game from him. Um he only came on for a few minutes uh, for me last week. Uh so I think each Spurs asset will probably get a good haul at some point over the Christmas period, but might not might be completely rested for other times. So, they're difficult picks to have at the moment, Spurs. Uh, but I still think they're a pretty strong team that's um, on form, especially after their derby win midweek. And so, I expect them to continue that against Bournemouth.
0: I'm really sceptical of Spurs right now. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I think that there's a few things I think that are going to be eating away at them. The first one is that they started the season looking really leggy, and I don't think they've really solved that problem. Like they've 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 been grinding out results, but come the end after the uh, the the winter period where they played so many games, I can't see them coming out from that being like on tip-top form. Harry Kane obviously has come in for a lot of uh, a lot of stick for that over the early part of the season. He's now scoring goals again because he's Harry Kane. But I don't know that um, they've they've given debuts to, to some unheard of players. Um, last week they had a really odd team out. I think that um, Pochettino obviously is going to be receiving regular phone calls from Edward Ed Wood, so he could take his eye off the ball. I don't know. I I think it, they're pretty high risk right now, Spurs, and it could be but maybe not against Bournemouth, but because I think they're um, they're quite an easy team. To play as one, of, like they don't do well against the top teams, so I think Spurs will be Bournemouth. But I think over the course of the winter period, um, you could see some upsets there. Even though everyone was excited by their uh, their fixture list, I don't know. I've I, like I had Ericsson, I've got rid of him, um, which was kind of brutal after he just scored the winner in that game. That um, <laughs> the last game before I got rid of him, but I've chosen him as someone to remove because I, I am worried about them.
1: In- interesting punt for the
0: week
2: um yeah they did have a good win against arsenal in the league cup i think both both teams played almost close to their their first team and and spurs beat them beat them away pretty comfortably um i think the risk here is spurs plays their best team against everton because everton is a harder fixture and then maybe like rests a ton of players against at home to bournemouth
0: which is, I think, the rotation risk Matt talked about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I'm, that's, it's not gun punt, gun punt territory because I don't think Bournemouth, like I said, I don't think Bournemouth has what it takes to beat the better teams. I think they're, uh, they're kind of flat-track bullies, so that, that, that isn't the fixed i pick out as the one that they would lose, but I can see difficulties for them over the winter period, I think.
1: I mean, the one reflection I'd, I'd have that I think i part, partly agree with you, Andy, is that I don't think they're going to thrash many teams over the winter period. They're just, as you say, maybe it's just a touch-leggy, quite a lot of rotation. So if they do take a lead, then they might just try and sit on it and rest their players rather than go for the juggler and get three or four goals. So uh, may not be brilliant fantasy assets uh, because the goals are going to be sort of hard, maybe hard to come by.
0: The one who's looking really on form to me is Dele Alli. So if I was going to pick out a Spurs asset, I think he'd uh, he'd be the man. That was a sweet goal midweek. Yeah, it was. Um, and he's uh, he's missed a lot of the early games this season, so he might not be as tired as other players. So you'd expect him to get minutes over the over the winter. So maybe him, but I stick. I stand by this. I think Spurs will be will drop points over the winter period. So um, should we move on to the next fixture, which is Brighton against Arsenal? Um, this, I think, is exactly the kind of game that Unai Emery's Arsenal are going to really enjoy. Because that what they're really, really good at is attacking with pace. And Brighton, at home, I mean, they're they're all, they're always a very defensive side, but they're going to be more defensive away than they would be at home. They're not on great form. They're one of these teams that sort of uh, scrapes together, like, results from teams near them and in mid-table to just about get enough points to survive, rather than pulls out really big surprises. Um, apart from against Manu, of course, who we always seem to lose against Brighton. But, um, so I think Arsenal will win this. I think they'll win it handsomely. Um, I will be playing. I'm considering Abamyang as my captain next week, although I have transferred in Mo Salah. So, um, I think that will probably trump him. But I think if you haven't got Salah and you have got Bamiyang he'll be a decent pick for captain. Um, Brighton defenders, steer clear. Um Arsenal's defense is pretty shonky, so if you've got if if there are, if there are people out there with uh, with Glenn Murray still lingering around because he's cheap, then might be a a week to pick him. Um, but really, I think this is Arsenal all over. Yeah, I
2: agree, and uh, I think Dunk. Dunk got sent off today, so he'll be suspended. He's normally one of their best at centre backs so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I,
0: I, I wouldn't <laughs> fancy being Chris Hughton right now. Um, anything to add, Matt, or should we uh, should we move on?
1: No, I think that covers it.
0: Okay, so on to Watford v Chelsea, Ben. I think that this is going to be a
2: draw. So Watford back to winning ways. I think I haven't seen the game, but beating an informed West Ham team away 2 um, 0, I think is really impressive. Um, so I saw Delafeo doing well again. Um, Troy Deeney scored from the penalty spot. I think Pereira got two assists. Um, Chelsea looked like um, they're probably the weakest out of the top four. I would put Chelsea below Spurs. Um, I think from the highlights with the Leicester game, they they were a little bit unlucky hitting the post a couple of times. Um, But this is also kind of like a London Derby-type game as well. So um, it's going to be really difficult for Chelsea. So I think think this could be a draw. I'm hoping it's like a 2-2 or
1: something like that. Are you thinking of keeping um, Hazard at the moment?
2: I am, just because their fixture run is... Uh, really good. Um they have Watford, Palace, Southampton, Newcastle. I next. think I think that's looking like a um, much harder fixture list than yeah. it was a week
0: ago. So even Southampton under yeah, Hassan uh, um, Hootl He he looks like he's really turned things around there. Um Palace just beat City. <laughs> I don't think that's an easy fixture list at all anymore. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um but I think I'll keep hazard for this game. I've been really frustrated with Alonso. Um, he's hit the post like five times this season. Um, but Chelsea look like they can't keep clean sheets either. So um, I think, yeah, this will be a tough one for them.
0: Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I, I think I would be uh, bringing Watford assets in. Ben, what do you think about um, Alonso? I have been uh, worried about him for a while now. And I've been sort of looking for an opportunity to, to get rid of him and save some money. Uh, because he's, I think he's I think he's still the most expensive defender in the game, yeah. isn't he? He hasn't really been doing it for me. What do you think?
2: Yeah, uh, Alonso is... I mean, he's still the... He's basically tied with Robertson as still the joint defending... Uh, joint top scorer for defenders. I want to get rid of him, but I feel like it's... Now's not the right time because that fixture run... I mean, it isn't the worst fixture run in the world, right? Um, so I'll probably try and hold on to him for the next couple games. But every time I want to get rid of him, I, I see him hit the post in a, <laughs> like a match of the day highlight. I'm like, oh, as soon as I get rid of him, he's going to score. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it depends what you want to do with the rest of your team. If you can downgrade him to someone cheap and really upgrade another area, then I think that does make sense. Um, I just know he's going to troll me as soon as I remove him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I feel the same way. Um, I've, it's interesting. There's been, there seems to have been a lot of sort of changes of fortune in December, which uh, makes me want to. I wish I had a wild card right now. <laughs> <laughs> you only have yeah, that's lots, two true. weeks to wait. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's so, the next wild a, card. A, I, It's very tempting to sort of uh, take point hits, isn't it? When you've only got two weeks to wait for a wild card, it's. If you do feel confident playing your wild card at the beginning of January with transfers to come in, of course. Um but that's obviously one for another pod. So uh yeah, I think we all agree that this is gonna be a fairly evenly matched game for, for and, and one to look at for Chelsea to drop points. So the last one
1: then, um uh, back to Matt, Southampton West Ham. Um, so as you're perfectly pronounced Hooger Harden, Purden Hood, the the new manager for Southampton is uh Doing a very good job, uh, it looks like. Uh, so they seem to be hassling well. I think that is, is he sort of like a Klopp type manager, I, I've heard. I've not yeah, really watched so their games since. I guess
0: Klopp's Gegenpress press could be the hoot and hassle, hassle. <laughs> yeah, the hoot and, has <laughs> and has <Yeah>. hassle, hassle. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah, whereas previously I thought, oh, good, I've got Anderson. It's against Southampton. Uh, he should be able to do some jinky thing and get me some points. Um, it now looks like quite a close game, I'd say. Uh, and maybe even Southampton edge it. Um, so, it, uh, definitely the potential for goals in this one. Uh, Danny Ings uh, is a nice, cheap striker. Uh, scored the day. Scored two the week before. So, he's in a good run of form. Um, and West Ham assets, I think, are still fairly strong. I mean, they, they've still got a good chance of scoring goals. I know they had a disappointing loss today, but... Um, I still think they're one of the better teams outside the big six, um, particularly going forward. Um, and so, players like Anderson and Snodgrass uh, have the potential. Um, it's just whether do I do I transfer in Fabianski after after his disappointment today? It's a big question mark for me. Yeah,
0: I was really surprised when last week, uh, or was it the week before? Must the week before you were picking out Fabianski because I I think that's the he hasn't got a very good defence in front of him. I think that's a similar um, logic to what you were saying about not picking my new defenders is they're a good team. So you want to pick players from good teams, but I'm not sure defending is their forte. And therefore I wouldn't look at their goalkeeper necessarily.
1: Mm, he's averaging four points a game for the season. Um, so I think he gets quite a lot of save points. He seems to be very good at saving penalties randomly. Um he seems to be acquiring points even without the clean sheets. I think that's why he's quite attractive. And he's dirt cheap. Yeah, that's a fair point. If uh, bad defences obviously create
0: shots to stop. So <laughs> if he's yeah. stopping a lot of them, then he can get points, can't he? Like,
1: it's like the, uh, the Burnley keeper uh, of old... Uh, well, even Joe Hart's not, a, not the worst pick in the world. But um, yeah, I think Fabianski seems like quite an attractive one. But Maybe less that's attractive what after today. Maybe that's what happened to Burnley, is they
0: were doing so well with their goalkeepers and they got Joe Hart in and it's all gone to pot. Maybe, maybe. It's a nice thought. Um, so another evening match game after a fantastic week of football this week. It looks like we could be in for some fun next week too, huh? Good. All right, so um, let's quickly run through whipping boys, shall we? Uh, ben, what do you think? <laughs> I'm Matt.
1: going Huddersfield. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I think I've got to agree with that one. <laughs> um, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think it, it, we obviously would pick those teams out, but uh, we'll pick um, Huddersfield out. But I think there are quite a few potential whipping boys. Like Brighton, I think, could uh, could concede a few against Arsenal. Burnley could concede a few against Everton. Um, Man City could come out all guns blazing and tonk Leicester 8-3. So, you <laughs> There are quite a few games that could potentially, or even Liverpool could could tear Newcastle apart. So, I think there are a few potential high-scoring games there. Although, obviously, we're all going to pick Manu for this one.
1: Yeah, Dunk is not here. It's, it's Manu.
0: <laughs> all right, excellent. Uh, clean sheets, Matt. Manu. <laughs> <laughs> no pre hard goals, <laughs> okay, yeah. Um Ben.
2: Uh, I think Liverpool nailed on I uh, I think
0: it's hard to disagree with that Um, So you've taken (coughs) the easy ones I'm going to say Everton against Burnley
1: Mm. Maybe Spurs at home to Bournemouth Not so 100% about that one but yeah Maybe Wolves at Fulham
0: Yep, And maybe Arsenal. Yeah, that's more about Brighton's attack than Arsenal's defense, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think um, really it's two and a half there, though, isn't it? I think uh, we've. Uh, I think Liverpool and, and Man U look like by far the the, the safest clean sheets. Okay, um, and <laughs> let's let's move on then to. Uh, captains and transfers. Um, what are we going to reverse? Gut punts. How about let's gut, gut punts? punts now. Go on then, let's do that. Ben, you seem very keen yeah. to do gut punts. Why don't you kick us off? <laughs>
2: uh, my gut punt is Nathan Redmond at 5.2. So he got an assist at Arsenal and he got a goal and assist. And I think he's going to get three bonus against Huddersfield. I think he's playing further forward um under the new manager whose name i won't try and pronounce so um yeah he, i think he looks like a decent pick so i'm going to not a for bad redmond. shout
0: not a bad shout i think uh, I, I mean, redmond and ings obviously are the two most likely scorers for, for southampton so yeah i think that's that's solid matthew
1: um i'm going to go for mili jovejovic that's how you say it uh, that's his name the, the, the crystal palace guy uh
0: the Crystal Palace captain and penalty
1: taker extraordinaire. Uh, and long shot, yeah, free kick and long shot kick. And kick. free kick, um, taker, yeah. So he's, yeah, he's just a really good player. Um, I think he might be there. But was him and Zaha are like their best players. He got quite a few points last season from his midfield position. Um, and he seems to be on a good patch of form as our Palace. So, and they've got a, quite a tasty looking fixture. So uh, he'd be my pick at the moment. Six million, not bad value. Um I He he was he was a legend yeah, last yeah, season. He was he like, was like the million. perfect enabler for so many teams.
0: Yeah, last yeah. season's Wam
1: Yeah, I remember. Fantasy fantasy legend. Maybe slightly priced out of it at six million. It'll be a while before people jump on that bandwagon. But uh he he looks like a good player. Yeah, he's accumulating points again.
0: Yeah, and a decent gut punt, I think. He also um I think Last season, if memory serves, he tended to sort of score in consecutive games and then go quiet. So having just scored uh, might be the start of something for him. Um, my gut pun is going to be Jamie Vardy. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, I think City look, like, look very vulnerable at the back at the moment. And I think they're going to want to try and score lots of goals against Leicester to um, psychologically overcome the defeat from this week. So could leave themselves open at the back. So I'm going Jamie Vardy. Um, Which, it's funny, Jamie Vardy, previously, you would have been like, that's not punty, but this season, with Leicester doing badly and against Man City, I think it counts, right? Am allowed that? Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, he has a low ownership. Yeah, true. Good. Okay, now let's do captains and transfers, shall we? Um, We're going to do reverse order, so Ben, why don't you kick us off with your captains and transfers for this week?
2: Oh, so... (laughs) The sensible thing I should do is not make any transfers because my team is actually pretty well set up for next week because I'm going to roll out all my Wolves players. I have three Wolves players against Fulham. So, Patricio, Darty, and Jimenez. What I really want to (laughs) do is get in a Manu midfielder. (laughs) So, I could do Felipe Anderson to Martial for no hit which is tempting, but I kind of want to get Pogba because I think he is the most nailed on. He got three assists today um, and he looks like he's getting forward a lot. Um, so I may do Felipe Anderson to Pogba, but that would require me to take a hit and it would probably mean downgrading Matt Ryan to um, like some cheapy goalkeeper that doesn't play. Um, so I'm tempted by that. The other thing I could do is get rid of Wilson to a cheap forward like Kamara and upgrade Kamara to Lingard and play five in midfield, but the only thing with Lingard is I think he's the most um, rotation risk compared to Pogba and Martial, but I'm not sure, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think as a United fan, it would be really nice too to actually get a player in the team I support. But obviously, that's not a good FPL reason. But because it's Christmas, I kind of just feel like doing it. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Captain will probably be Kane at home to Bournemouth unless I unless there's some suspicion that um, he gets rested for that game after a tough Everton game. In which case, I would probably want to Captain, the man you play, I bring in. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, I think um, that's going to be a, uh, a trend. Um, I'm thinking the same thing. Um, I've already made one transfer this week because I couldn't. I decided I couldn't go for another week without having Mo Salah. So I did Sterling for Salah, which means I don't have Raheem Sterling. Which it's kind of uh, he. I got him in a couple of weeks before everybody else did and he did really well for me so i now sort of have this loyalty to him that i'm sure he feels is reciprocal <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've, got, I've axed him and i've brought in mo salah uh, so that's my, my first transfer this week so i had the money in the bank this week um to now i've got to decide to have it with manu having done so well exactly the same thing as Ben. do i take a hit and bring in my new player or do I stick and not take a hit? I personally think it's worth four points to bring in a man new player. So, what I'm going to do is Mitrovic out, who's been rubbish and is a problem player for me, um, and bring in Marcus Rashford because he's going to start up front, I'd imagine, in Lukaku's absence next week. Um, then, depending on what happens with Lukaku, he may stay in the team. Or if he scores a lot of goals, he may stay in the team. If he doesn't, then uh, it's, it's wild card time pretty soon. So, I can use that to, to make some. Serious changes and bring in the entire manu midfield.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, so that's what I'm thinking at the moment. That does mean that I'm going to be stuck with Alonso, who I don't want. Um, what I've been wanting to do for a long time now um, is Alonso out for Dinia, but I just keep having other problems with injuries or players being dropped and things. So I keep not having the, the transfer available to get rid of Alonso. Um, so he may end up staying in my team annoyingly um, and therefore hogging up all of that money, which when I get it, I want to spend on um, upgrading Sigurdsson, I think, to a, a higher value midfielder. Um, so, yeah, that's where I am right now. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do the Rashford transfer, but I want to um, give my, I wanna see what happens tomorrow, to be honest, um, in the... Um, Southampton, West Ham. No, that's wrong. That's not what's happening tomorrow. In the Everton-Spurs game. Because um, if Everton do really well in that game, I'm considering going in advance for Dinia because I feel like that could be worth more than, than the Rashford. Or even taking an eight-point hit. I don't know. That seems like madness in, in December. But Dina for Alonso right now is such a... Uh, Juicy transfer. It's really hard to overlook it. So yeah I'm going to wait and see and if and if uh, if tomorrow's result confuses me then I'll, I'll think harder but otherwise then I'm going to do Mitrovic for Rashford. Salah is my captain? current captain. Um, Aubameyang would have been had I not transferred in Salah but when yeah. you transfer in Salah you can't then not captain him when he's playing against Newcastle so that's what I'm doing. Um, over to you Matt.
1: I mean, very similar thinking as well. I mean, I, I've spent a few weeks trying to assemble my midfield and uh, I immediately want to junk it and get a man-new player in. Uh, <laughs> I'll be watching tomorrow's game with uh, keen interest because I've got Son and Richarlison both in it. And um, the, Son's probably the, the closest on the firing chopping block at the moment. I, I'm trying to think of my analogies here. But yeah, like he's both expensive. He's gonna to go to the Asian games fairly soon. Um, and so I I'd quite like if he sort of pulled his hamstring before the game and gave me like the perfect excuse to to transfer him out. Um, I've got two transfers to make, which I was intending to save for like uh to potentially sub out Salah, come game week twenty, and uh sort of go sort of Man City heavy or maybe even hazard heavy um in Game Week twenty onwards. But he keeps scoring, which means that I'm feel less and less likely I'm going to make that, that trade come game week 20 um, and so maybe I can spend that transfers on there I'm, I'm looking at Ryan as well who's been annoying me for several weeks now and I keep wanting to get out but can't quite afford to do it without doing a hit so I suppose I could like free up some cash from midfield with picking Lingard or, or someone like that um, and get get Fabianski or, or even a more expensive goalkeeper in Um and finally, I, I don't know, Wilson's another one which I'm looking at and thinking, oh, for 0.1 more million, I could have Marcus Rashford. That sounds a lot more fun as a Man U fan. And also it's got a lot more points potential. Um, but I just need 0.1 million from somewhere uh, to, to finance that transfer.
0: Yeah, you can see what's occupying all of our brains here, can't you? Oh, you know what's going to happen now, of course, is that the uh, the new manager bounce is going to end and Huddersfield are going to put a big needle in that balloon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to do a palace, aren't they?
0: Yep. I can just see it now. But it will uh,
1: it's at least fun again. Yeah. Both for fan- the fantasy and for Man U fans at the moment, it's uh, its a good time for me, you know, watching the football over Christmas period. I can see your temptation to an eight-point hit. It's just like, it's, it's fantasy Nirvana right now. Yeah, it is. And I'm, uh, I'm kind of wishing I'd... Uh,
0: I saved up my wild card or something. <laughs> anyway, there's one coming soon. So that's I think that's a really important thing to remember at this time of year, isn't it? Is that when um, a lot of unexpected things happen over the winter period where you've got um, a lot of rotation, you've got fixtures often switching from being hard to easy, you've got players coming into form and managers like chairman pulling the trigger and changing manager and therefore teams changing their form. Um but if you pull the, if you spend all spend loads and loads of points now with a uh, with a wild card coming up you're sort of spending that you're not getting a long term value out of that because you would have done it any you would have made those changes anyway two weeks later so it's a, it's a sort of a time where i think patience is a virtue for fantasy managers
1: hmm. are you going to go with your early wild card i mean i i often save mine for like the double game weeks later on in the season
0: yeah, I've um, I've often used it at the end of the January window when big transfers have happened, because it would be very annoying to use your wild card, and then um, get sort of caught with like there's one transfer that like I don't know, uh, someone like Zaha goes to like what, if Zaha goes to a top team and plays every every game, then he's going to be incredible value, right? Or if something like that can happen where a player takes a step up from being a the best player in a in a poorer team. To being a first team player in a big team and suddenly being really, really good value. So that can happen, but um, I'm considering it this time around because of Manu. There are what... so many of their players that are, are undervalued right now that I can, and being behind everybody else, it could be a differentiator for me.
1: So a bit like Sanchez moving to Manu last January, you you need, to need the world card to get him in.
0: Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that really popular transfer. I'm thinking more like when Luis Suarez showed up at Liverpool. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I'm thinking about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to forget about Sanchez, to be honest, uh, being at our club. Didn't you have him in your team at the start of the season? I did, I did. It was like a, a one-week punt. Uh, and he got, he, got, <laughs> he got an assist first game week, I'll have you know.
0: Well, that's good. He's, uh, he actually, he's lost an entire million in transfer value over the course of the season. He's gone from 11 to 10.
1: Yeah, I think I drop a bit more before I think about transferring him back in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, was, was he the last
1: last man uh, you've had in your SPL Him team? or Luke Shaw,
0: yeah. Yeah, I had Luke Shaw at the start of the season mm. as well. I- oh,
2: nice. I've only had one man player in this season, uh, game week one. Do you uh, want to guess Lukaku? who it was?
1: Matteo Damian. I'll remember that
0: What was I thinking? Who knows? <laughs> um, interesting stat that I've accidentally just discovered. There are only two players with negative points in the entire game. Without looking, who are they? I have no idea Someone who got sent off or missed the penalty Not not a clue, I'm afraid So one of them is Phil Phil Jagielka Minus two, he's the lowest point scorer In the game Um, And the other one is Marcos Rocco Who's done nothing except get a yellow card The entire season (laughs) (laughs) Classic (laughs) Alright, good well, um, that brings us to the end of the uh, the, 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 the podcast. Before we go, I'm going to sh- say a, a shout out to uh, Emma FPL, who gave us a fine review this week. Thank you very much for your comment, Emma. Um, says that we're it was a good discussion by real enthusiasts. We love that comment. Thank you so much. Um, and with that, um, let's bid everyone adieu. So, uh, so Ben?
2: Goodbye. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you haven't yet.
1: From Matt. Goodbye from a happy Matt, happy man, new fan,
0: and uh, goodbye from me. You are my soulshyer, my only soulshyer. <music>